electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to a very special countdown to kickoff. I'm coming to you from Chiefs Kingdom, eve of Super Wildcard Weekend on NBC and Peacock. Taylor Swift is the 12th man edition of Mad Money. I'll be one of my friends just trying to make you some money. My job is not just entertain, but educate and teach you. Call me, 1-800-743-CBC, or tweet me, at Jim Kramer. Sometimes when you come in too hot, you pay the price. And that's how I feel about the big bank stocks today, which simply couldn't measure up when we saw the results. I like to analogize to football. As you know, I do it a lot. And analogies break down when we talk about coming in too hot, though, don't they? Because can you really come in too hot when you have a playoff game in Kansas City where it's going to be minus five tomorrow night? Something you'll see if you tune in to Peacock at 8 p.m. Eastern. We're out here to take the measure of the game in the business of sports. But this is mad money, not mad sports. And earlier this week, I said that if we didn't get blowout quarters from the major banks, the market would stall out. That's exactly what happened today. Dow dipping 118 points, S&P advancing 0.08%, and the NASDAQ edging up 0.02%. Look, the day started pretty good with a very solid quarter, or at least it looked to be from J.P. Morgan, the bellwether. Plus, we had a nice cooler-than-expected producer price index number, making the setup seem, I'd say, darn right benign. City, Bank of America, to lesser extent, Wells Fargo put up good numbers, good enough that I didn't think it would matter that their stocks came in too hot. Wrong. Even a shape Morgan open strong, the group couldn't hold up under pressure. And a stock initially ran up seven points, actually closed down a dollar? As investors said, the story played out? Unless we start seeing quick rate cuts, of course. I wouldn't bet on that. So what happens every time a leadership group shows less leadership? Well, the money flows right back into tech, with Microsoft this time being the standout. That stock finished up $3.84 based on, well, uh, nothing. But it was enough to pass Apple for the crown of the largest company on earth by market capitalization. Now, if you're wondering what the heck I'm doing here, it should be self-explanatory. The Dolphins come into the Chiefs right here at Chiefs Kingdom at the GEHA field at Arrowhead Stadium. And that's tomorrow night. You can watch it on Peacock along with two other wildcard games from NBC. And as a big fan of Coach Andy Reid from his Philly days, I can tell you I'm not rooting for the Finns when I do a little pregame action tomorrow afternoon, which I am very excited about. Before we get to next week's game plan, let me just say that I got a call this week from the red-hot Larry Williams, the market historian slash technician whom I respect so much. He flashed me some charts to show that Bitcoin is putting in a major, major top here. We know that it ran up for the launch of this new exchange-traded product, and now he thinks it's headed for a nasty sell-off. I'll go into more details later, but I wanted to bring this up right at the beginning because I have rarely seen Larry so adamant and sure 
about this kind of call. Now let's talk about what's coming next week. We have tons of bank earnings still ahead of us, but we can't forget that the banks trade as a function of interest rates and how many times the Fed might cut this year. That's why we have to pay close attention to what Fed Governor Chris Waller is going to tell us on Tuesday. Now, he's been the most focal Fed head when it comes to flat out saying that it might, well, let's say we're done raising interest rates, and instead cuts are on the way. After a hotter than expected consumer price index reading, followed by a cooler expected producer price index, I want to know where we stand. Hey, maybe you'll give us some insight. We could use it. For the opening on Tuesday, we get results from Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley, the two top investment banks. Goldman's cutting expenses, and I believe they'll tell about how a resurgent market for takeovers and a bountiful bond issuance is bringing in a lot of money. Much better time to be an investment bank. We own Morgan Stanley for the Travel Trust, but last quarter, wow, they put a widely panned number because their wealth management business didn't put up any growth. The stock got crushed. I wonder if new CEO Ted Pitt can change that negative narrative, or maybe they just got in some more wealth management. That would help things. One bank that can never seem to do any wrong in the eyes of Wall Street is PNC Financial. Humdrum. Now, there's no such thing as a sure thing in this business, but PNC might be as close as it gets to clockwork bullish equity, even when I don't think it should be. Wednesday morning, we hear from Charles Schwab. Not that long ago, the stock was on its heels because people were frightened about its bond portfolio. They thought it looked too similar to the regional banks that went under last spring, even though Schwab's a brokerage firm. I disagreed vehemently, and I told you to buy it, and now I feel vindicated because the stock's crushing it. I think Schwab will tell a terrific story next week, and the investor is back. Now, there was a time a decade ago where Kinder Morgan, a giant pipeline company was the bell of the ball. It was the blue chip of the group. Then it stumbled. You know, the stock never really recovered until now. I think KMI has its act together. And when it reports Wednesday night, I'm betting we get a pleasant surprise from the 6% yielder. Thursday, we get results from one of my absolute favorite regional banks. It's First Horizon. I, I, I want to own this one. This was the jilted regional that was about to be taken over by Toronto Dominion at 25 bucks a share. But then the regulator somehow blocked the deal and the stock collapsed. Now it's at 13 bucks. Yeah, I think that's a buy. You want to read on the economy? Let's tune into J.B. Hunt's call Thursday night because this trucking company really does go over every aspect of commerce. And it's always, an, an, I'd say, both enlightening and entertaining. Darn good stock, too. Finally, on Friday, we hear from SLB. Yeah, the old slumberjay, the oil service giant. With oil spiking today off the Red Sea troubles, does that mean oil companies will open their wallets for big-time offshore drilling? How are the producers doing with all this new technology that allows them to get more crude out of the ground with less money and fewer rigs? Is SLB still the blue chip of the group? Can there be a blue chip of the group? We'll get all our questions answered. Plus, Dow Jones Industrial Average Component travelers don't talk enough about it. Also reports, and this insurance company really matters. Why? Because the steady rise in your insurance rates have played havoc with the consumer price index. It was the leading cause of the irritatingly overheated early, uh, number we saw this week other than rent. Is there any chance that the old insurance price wars could start up again? Or has the industry become too disciplined? Uh, and that's going to be bad for you and me. Travelers tends to be pretty upbeat and upfront about the business. Let's pay attention. Bottom line, it is a tumultuous moment. We've already had a big run in healthcare and the banks, while tech's taking a backseat to no one until today. Could it roll over like Bitcoin? You know, we took some tax off the table for the charitable trust at the beginning of the year. Let's just say I do not regret it. And stay tuned later in the show for that work that enabled Larry Williams to call a major top in Bitcoin. You will not regret that one either. Let's go to Elizabeth in Florida. Elizabeth. Hi, Jim. How are you? I am good. How about you? Good. So I have um, I was some thoughts on American Express. It's been down for the last two weeks. Uh, what are your thoughts and if it's a good time to buy now? 
Okay, Steve Square reports next week. He's the CEO. I think it's a terrific company. It did go from 169 very quickly to 189. It picked up those points in a heartbeat. Therefore, I think it's too in the middle of the range. I don't want to recommend it. Instead, I want to hear what Steve has to say. He's a straight shooter. Let's go to Chase in South Carolina. Chase. Booyah, Jim. How are you doing today? Wish you I'm a great doing well. Weekend. How about you, man? I'm interested in how you felt about Campbell's soup these days. Not enough upside. I think the company's doing well. I think, I think that Mark Klaus has got uh, as best a hand as he can have. But the hand in the end is not going to be a full house. Why? Because it's packaged processed foods, and they don't fare well in a new world in GLP-1. Since tumultuous moment, we've already had a big run in healthcare and the banks while tech's taking a back seat until today. And could it roll over like Bitcoin? Time what's going to tell. Well, man, buddy, today, are you ready for some football, America? I'm coming to you from GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium ahead of tomorrow's Dolphins-Chiefs wildcard game on Peacock and going straight to the source, talking to Kansas City Chiefs owner Clark Hunt about the business of football. Then, as I was reviewing this weekend's slate of six games and the 14 teams that made the playoffs, I realized many of them are reminiscent of my favorite stocks. I'm going to give you my comparisons. Plus, NBC Universal is home to a record three NFL playoff games on Super Wildcard Weekend. I've got the exclusive with the team from Football Night in America. So stay with Kramer. Miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on X. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Mentions. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1 800 743 CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact, smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching 
marketing engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We've had a great time here at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium, the site of tomorrow night's first-round tilt between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins at 8 p.m. Eastern on Peacock. And we have to thank our host for the day, the Kansas City Chiefs. As much as it pains me to admit it, after my beloved Eagles lost to them in last year's Super Bowl, the Chiefs are clearly the gold standard when it comes to NFL franchises, with future Hall of Fame head coach, perhaps the league's best players quarterback, and a very balanced squad. This year, it was their defense that led them to the playoffs. That type of success doesn't just happen. It takes vision, strategic planning, and execution. And that's why we're happy to welcome to the show the team's owner, Clark Hunt, who put all these pieces together to create the powerhouse that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Since taking over CEO in 2010, the Chiefs have earned nine AFC West titles. They've appeared three of the past four Super Bowls, winning twice. Meanwhile, Mr. Hunt's also a founding investor in Major League Soccer, also serving as the chairman and CEO of the FC Dallas. So let's hear more about how to run a great NFL franchise and get a preview of tomorrow night's game from Clark Hunt, the chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs. Mr. Hunt, thanks for having us here, and welcome to Man Hunt. Mr. Hunt, you're the keeper of a dynasty of a great franchise. It's got to be difficult to maintain the, what I regard as the family but storied tradition of this franchise. How do you do it? Well, Jim, it's great to be on with you today. And uh, we've had an amazing run uh, here in Kansas City over the last eight to 10 years. I've been very fortunate, very blessed to have a lot of success uh, to get to host uh, AFC Championship Games uh, here at GHA Field at Arrowhead. It's been a very special time for our family, uh, for the franchise, and our fans. And it really starts with great leadership. Uh, we have tremendous leaders on the team, and of course, Andy Reid's right at the top of that. Well, let's talk about Coach Reid. Uh, I remember, uh, as a Philadelphia Eagle fan, uh, that after a couple of losses, he did everything right, but he had a couple of losses, and we booed him. And I know that, that Mrs. Reid said, listen, we've got to go to a town where they don't boo us. <laughs> That's this town, isn't it? Well, our fans love Coach Reed. <clears throat> and I'll say, uh, going back four or five years ago uh, when we won the Super Bowl, I think even the Eagles fans remembered how much they appreciated Andy. One of the things I remember about that Super Bowl run was the support for Coach Reed. Uh, the Eagles fans wanted him to win it, obviously the Chiefs fans. I think the whole country was cheering for Andy Reed. And that was so apparent at our Super Bowl parade, uh, just listening to the fans chant, Andy, Andy. They were so excited for him. He's such a deserving guy. And at the same time, he's a father figure for many people, many men on this team. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I think that's a big part of his success. In addition to being a tremendous innovator, a coach who uh, pays a lot of attention to detail, somebody who's very hardworking, it's his relationship with the players that makes him so successful. He has a personal relationship. The players know that he cares about them as people. And then he also holds them accountable on the field. Yeah, fantastic. Let, let's talk about your fans and tomorrow night. I don't know which is the 12th man and which is the 13th man. You've got the weather that's going for you, and you've got tremendous fan base where they just cheer, and it is so noisy. 
I mean, how do you come play here if you're not from here? Yeah, well, one of the things we're very proud about uh, at the Kansas City Chiefs is the home field advantage that we have at GEHA Field at Arrowhead. Uh, we do have the world record uh, for the loudest crowd cheer, 141-plus uh, decibels, which is uh, pretty amazing. And I enjoy hearing opposing players talk about coming to Arrowhead. Many of them say it's one of their favorite experiences, but they also talk about how tough it was because our fans are so noisy. And I'm counting on, on them being loud tomorrow night. Well, someone said to me the other day, well, why don't they just play in Miami? Because it's warm down there. But that's not the purpose of, of a venue, is it? The venue is you, you earn the right to be. Here. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Uh, we, we worked hard to, to get that number three seed, and uh, we're glad to be hosting tomorrow night. Okay, so there's a, a new factor here. There's a, one of the most beloved people in our country uh, who is friends or goes out with a terrific tight end. What do you make of the Taylor Swift phenomenon? What's it mean for the league? What's it mean for excitement? Well, first of all, we're so happy for Travis Kelsey uh, and Taylor and their relationship. Do you know her? Uh, I've, I've had a chance to meet her yeah. uh, at one of the many games uh, that she's attended this year, and she's just as sweet as she can be. I also got to see her play here twice this past summer, and what an incredible performer. I mean, just one of the most amazing artists uh, of our time. Uh, but it's, it's been a very interesting, very fun year uh, having the two of them dating, the attention that's been focused on, on the Chiefs. Uh, our female audience has grown le leaps and bounds. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, Think it really about is. it. It's, a, it's an unplanned phenomenon. You had nothing to do with it. It was just, it, 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 it just happened. No, that's right. It was purely organic. You know, when they were just starting off dating, there were a lot of people saying, oh, it's a marketing stunt. But no, it, it's very real. And as I said, the most important thing is, is we're, we're happy for the two of them. All right. Now, you come to the stadium, let's say, well, she's from nearby Philadelphia. You came here and, and it was Philadelphia and you wore an Eagles jersey. Would people hit you or would they say thank you for supporting your team? I, I think they would be respectful. Okay. I don't know if they would go as far as saying thank <laughs> like you for that. supporting your, like your team. That. Respectful <laughs> is the right word. Now, how about the, the, uh, the business of the NFL and the, how exciting it is to see streaming? Uh, Peacock, I think it's kind of adventuresome. Yeah, it's really a, a great development. The NFL is going where our fans are going. Uh, last year, uh, when Amazon Prime began uh, telecasting the Thursday night games, the Chiefs were the first team uh, that they got to be on, on Thursday night. It, it, was, it was a very big uh, evening, and uh, we had about 10 million fans who, who tuned in that evening. And we're very excited about tomorrow night and being on, on Peacock. Uh, we think it's going to open up a, a completely new fan base to us, uh, much more of a younger demographic. Well, look, I mean, what do you think about that game that was on uh, Black Friday? After Thanksgiving, watch game, not much of a contest, but we like to watch football. Are we getting too much football, too many different days, or can you not get enough? Because it's still the thing that brings people together. Yeah, it, it's something that the NFL you know, monitors, and uh, we certainly don't want to oversaturate the, the market. But uh, each year we're finding new, new windows, new, new opportunities, and I think tomorrow night on Peacock is one of those. Okay, uh, there's another sport that a lot of us are starting to warm up to, uh, soccer. Uh, it's been around for a long time. It's finally gotten to the point where the franchise is good. You, uh, you know the franchise. You know what it's like. This combination with Apple, it's another good venue, isn't it? Yeah, it, it sure is. Uh, our family's been involved in professional soccer for five decades. Well, you right? were a great soccer player. Well, well, I don't know about that. I was, I was an <laughs> avid soccer player and, and uh, do, do love the sport. And our family's been delighted to be part of Major League Soccer now for almost three decades uh, through our ownership of FC Dallas. But you're exactly right. 
uh, the league's new partnership with Apple this past year uh, is, a, is another way that sports and streaming are, are getting together. Uh, the experience, I think, for our fan base was tremendous. Apple did a great job of innovating. Now, uh, one other thing I need to talk about, which is international. There are a lot of fans who feel, what the heck are you doing in, in Germany? What are you doing in London? What is the game plan for the owners? What do they want? Yeah, well, the NFL, uh, as you've alluded to already, is very strong here in the United States. Uh, we've got a lot of eyeballs on us, and we want to continue to grow our fan base. And uh, one of the best ways to do that is to find new fans overseas. Uh, it's something that, as a league, we've been focused on for several decades. It goes all the way back to the NFL Europe League uh, back in the 90s, uh, something that my dad was very, very much a supporter of. In more recent years, we've started playing regular season games overseas. Uh, the Chiefs have played in Mexico City. Uh, we've played in Germany and we played in London over the last uh, 10 years. Um, our game uh, that we just played in Frankfurt this past year, ironically, a against the, the Miami Dolphins, right. uh, was one of the most watched games ever for the NFL Network. Uh, so it really drew a big audience here and it also drew a big audience in Germany. Fantastic. We do a lot of good. Your father was a great man. Uh, he, he certainly was. He, he was a visionary and he would be very excited about what's going on with the Chiefs right He'd be now. Excited about his boy. That's Clark Hunt, Chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Great being on with you. Dad Money be back in. Coming up, the NFL's best of breed and their corporate cousins. Much more to come from Arrowhead Stadium. Stick with Kansas City and stick with Kramer. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. We're here in Kansas City to celebrate the start of the NFL playoffs, including the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs game against the Miami Dolphins tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Peacock, which is the NFL's first ever exclusively live stream playoff game. Now, look, you know I'd be happy to talk about football for the entire hour. Nice change of pace, by the way. But this is still mad money. So how about a compromise? As I was reviewing this weekend's slate of six games, the 14 teams that made the playoffs, I realized many of them are reminiscent of my favorite companies. Tonight, I want to show you the comparisons, like how we do fantasy stock football at the start of every season, because it's a great way to teach you more about the stock market. By the way, if you bought all the stocks I mentioned in September's fantasy stock football draft, you'd be up 12% outperforming every major equity index. Not bad. So here's what I see in this year's playoff field, starting with the Chiefs versus Dolphins game tomorrow. Let's not overthink this one. The Chiefs are the defending champions, so let's call them. NVIDIA, the defending champion, the S&P 500, up 239% last year. The analogy tracks in other ways, too. NVIDIA's chips and software enable all sorts of cutting-edge technology, like generative AI. Just like Andy Reid at the Chiefs has designed the most creative, exciting offense in the entire league. Now, at the risk of offending our hosts, the Chiefs didn't look great at times this year. They just didn't. But, but hey, NVIDIA's not got clobbered from August through late October. But Kansas City fans should hope this analogy holds true, because NVIDIA's now broken out to new all-time highs, up 10% year-to-date. It looks Fabulous. As for the visitors, the Dolphins, they're known for their speed. Think star wide receiver Tyreek Hill, fastest man in the NFL, whom we compared to Tesla before the season started. Well, let's keep that comparison. In fact, the whole Dolphins team feels like the Tesla of the playoffs. Like Tesla, they're real good when they're at their best, but they are streaky. 
The Dolphins lost the last two games of the regular season. Unfortunately, Tesla's stock has been on a cold streak as well, down 17% from its high at the end of December. This past weekend, we got a viral video of a cyber truck stuck in the snow. Well, the same thing happened to the Speedster uh, Dolphins when they visit GBHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium tomorrow night with a temperature expected to be minus six degrees at kickoff. Hmm. Let's go through some of the other teams, starting with the first game of the playoffs, the Cleveland Browns Houston, Texas. You can catch that one on NBC at 4.30 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. I think of the Browns as kind of like Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett's legendary holding company that houses his far-flung investments. Browns are a true team. Right, an amalgam with a great defense that's led them to an excellent season. Even for the starting quarterback went down early and was replaced by a, a rotating cast of no-name backups. They've now settled on former Super Bowl champion Joe Flacco at quarterback. Speak about Warren Buffett, old, who was on the couch until the Browns called in November. But Flacco has played great since joining the team. It, it's like when Buffett finds a pretty good value stock. As for the Texans, you know what? been stretching, trying to think, think, think. Yeah, they remind me of Take-Two Interactive, TTWO, the big video game publisher. The Texans went from three wins last season to ten wins at playoff berth this year with a rookie quarterback, first-year head coach. But given their inexperience, not yet. I think this might be a team that's more likely to make more noise next year. Hence the Take-Two analogy. It's an okay stock now, but it should be great when the long-anticipated Grand Theft Auto 6 comes out next year. Call me a buyer now, though. On Sunday, the Pittsburgh Steelers visit the Buffalo Bills. Let's not overthink this one. The Steelers, well, they're the U.S. Steelers. Yeah, U.S. Steel, which be acquired by Japan's Nippon Steel for quite a big price. In other words, the stock's had a great run. But you know what you do sometimes when you have a great run? Sell, sell, sell. Yeah, that's right. It's time to find the next opportunity. Meaning, no, I don't think the Steelers have a great shot against the Bills. For me, the Bills look like primed to make a nice run in these playoffs. It kind of feels like Meta Platforms, which is also filing all cylinders. I mean, Jesus, Meta's Mark Zuckerberg has several ways to win. Just as Bills star quarterback Josh Allen can beat you with his arm or with his legs. Boy, is he coming in hot. Later on Sunday, the Green Bay Packers, they go to Dallas. Uh, people have not fared that well when they go down there. Yeah, to play the Cowboys. The Packers are kind of like Disney. And not just because Disney CEO Bob Iger is a huge Packer fan. The Packers are a story franchise like Disney, but this year's version is the youngest team in the NFL. It's another iconic outfit that's trying to find a new identity and return to prominence. The Cowboys, on the other hand, they look dangerous. So I think of them as Amazon. The Cowboys' offense is hot and cold. That's like Amazon's retail business, which is cyclical by nature. But Dallas's defense is much more dependable, like the huge base of recurring revenue from Amazon Web Services. Sunday night, the Los Angeles Rams play the Detroit Lions 8 p.m. Eastern on NBC, and this one's easy. L.A., show business. How can the Rams not be Netflix? Stock looks good, by the way. As for the Lions, well, they're Uber Technologies, which is a very tough stock to own for a very long time. Sound familiar? After coming public nearly five years ago, before it ran up nearly 150% last year, no one needs to remind the Lion fans of how bad their team was for years and years. But this year's 12-win version, legitimate contender. Then there's the wild card round. This wild card round is close to home on Monday. That's when it's over. When the Philadelphia Eagles travel to Tampa Bay, take on the Buccaneers. This year, the Eagles are, I'm going to be polite, they're an enigma. They went to the Super Bowl last year, started this year 10-1, but then lost five of their last six games. On paper, they should be great, but there's just something holding them back. hate to say it, but the Eagles now remind me of Johnson & Johnson, which should be a great pharma medical device company. should be number one. But it's been held back by an endless string of bad luck, including these baby powder lawsuits. you got to play through these moments. You just have to. Tough for a season ticket holder to watch, though. 
Fortunately, the Eagles are up against the Buccaneers. This team feels a little like the Intel playoffs. After many years of severe underperformance, Intel's finally done some things right lately. The stocks were 90% last year. In the end, Intel outperformed low expectations, just like the Bucs made the playoffs with their 9-8 and record, only because they're the best team in the dreadful NFC Southern Division. How about the top dogs this year? The number one seeds in each division? All right, you can think of the San Francisco. These are all easy, by the way. Come on. You know who they are. The Niners are Apple, right? Both clearly elite. Doesn't stop the detractors from raising endless questions about the sustainability of the success. But despite these jabs from the respective critics, I still think both Apple and the Niners are good bets. As for the Baltimore Ravens, they're very well maybe the best in show, which is why I'll call them Microsoft. Yes, the largest company on earth. Although, of course, it's neck and neck with Apple. Uh, I should say America, not on earth, because there are other companies that would claim that title. Baltimore strong top to bottom with an elite defense and electric offense by Lamar Jackson. The odds are in favor to win this year's MVP award. Microsoft's strong across the board as well, especially in artificial intelligence. Thank you to the company's early aggressive bets on open AI. And that is the most valuable AI startup. Bottom line. Hope you enjoyed these comps. Maybe you kind of figured out a little bit more about stocks and maybe learn a thing or two along the way about sports, too. I say let the games begin and let the calls begin. Shirley in Colorado. Shirley. Hi, Jim. My question is, shall we sell our position on AMT due to the threat of China invading Taiwan if the Democratic Progressive Party wins? Uh. Look, that, that is a factor that you should consider for whether it be AMD, whether it be NVIDIA or a host of other uh, companies that have their semiconductors made in Taiwan. But I'm not going to say that that's a reason to sell AMD. Uh, AMD's had a terrific run. I think it's going to mark some time here. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to pound the table on it right here. Uh, but at least this is doing a terrific job, and it is a great company. Now, if you bought all the stocks I mentioned, September's fantasy stock football draft, you'd be up 18, you'd be up 12%, outperforming every major equity index. And that's why we like to do these comparisons. They're fun, sure, but sometimes they can actually help you make some money, too. Much more mad money ahead, including my exclusive with two expert analysts from Football Night in America, Hall of Famer and former Indianapolis Colts head coach Tony Dungy, and former New England Patriots Rodney Harrison. Plus, there'll be plenty of calls made on the field this weekend, but tonight, I'm making a call on Bitcoin when I go off the charts. Plus, all your calls rapid fire tonight, special Football Friday edition of the Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. Here it is. We're less than 24 hours away from the start of the NFL playoffs. Tomorrow, we'll have a doubleheader on NBC Properties with the Browns-Texans game at 4.30 p.m. Eastern NBC, followed by the Dolphins-Chiefs game at 8 p.m. Eastern on Peacock, which is the NFL's first ever exclusively live stream playoff game. And before all that, you should tune in to NBC at 3 p.m. Eastern for a special 90-minute edition of NBC's Football Light in America. Now, if you do, you know what you're going to do? You're going to see our next guest. You see Hall of Famer, former Indianapolis coach, Tony Dungy, and Rodney Harrison, who won two Super Bowls as a safety with the New England Patriots. 
Both are now analysts for Football Night in America, and they join us now to give us a special sneak peek of what we could expect this weekend. Gentlemen, welcome to Mad Money. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd ever say it that. Is, well, hey, we it, never thought we'd be well, on this. I know, dude. It's an honor. I've been listening to you for a lot of a lot of years. You've given me great advice. You've given me some bad advice as well. <laughs> but I still like you. <laughs> Wait, I have to tell you, you stuck up with me when I get my makeup on. Not that anybody can tell. And... It, I revere you guys because you're part of my firmament. You're what we watch, and I think this is very exciting. You're on Peacock, uh, but you're also doing a little pregame with me. And I want to know, first of all, uh, as I look outside, since you played and coached, how much of a factor is it that it's going to be minus five tomorrow night? I think it's going to be a huge factor. And really an advantage for Kansas City. When you practice in something and you play in something, it becomes second nature to you. And when you talk about the Miami Dolphins, Tyreek Hill is excited about coming back, meeting some of his friends and old buddies. But he did mention, hey, I still have to deal with that weather, something I'm not looking forward to. So it's something that's in their mind. It's something that's in their DNA. And it's something they can't escape. I agree. I played and coached in cold weather cities. And I also coached in Tampa. And I know what it's like coming from a warm weather place to a cold place. You can't get used to it. You can't practice it. One of my favorite memories, I won a Super Bowl with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We played the Houston Oilers in the AFC Championship game in Pittsburgh. Earl Campbell was in the warm-ups with his jacket on. Earl Campbell was? With his jacket on and gloves on in the warm-ups. I said, we got this game. Yeah, you don't want to be hit. Can it be played? Played at minus five. What happens if you're trying to catch a ball? Your Kelsey comes right at you. Does it bounce? I mean, do you can you actually handle it? Well, I think the Chiefs they actually use it as an advantage. Whereas the Dolphins, everything offensively is built on timing, execution. So our goal would be as play as from a defensive standpoint, play as physical as possible, hit those guys, and even if you got a couple cheap penalties, take them. It doesn't matter. That intimidation factor is huge. Well, look, you mentioned Tyreek back for see uh, old friends. Is it, how about revenge? I mean, how about don't you want to just beat your old team? You do have that. You want to play well against any team you've you've ever played for or coached for. So that is a factor. But sometimes that can go the other way too. You put too much emotion into it, and Hold it back- I don't understand that. Too much emotion. Yeah, you could get to a point as a player where you're so excited about playing, you actually forget some of your routes, you forget some of the things that you work on. (laughs) So what he's basically saying is, hey, come in, you can have that intensity, but you still got to keep a level of focus. But you played at this highest level. You played at the Super Bowl level. Um, What are the leaders saying in the Chiefs locker room right now, telling some of the younger people about what it's like to defend a Super Bowl title? Well, I, I was always taught in New England, and Coach Belichick did a great job, is Once that season is over, you're not defending anything. It all starts over again. And my biggest advice to these guys would be, yes, this is a playoff game. You got a lot of eyes. Trust your instincts. Trust everything that you've worked that you've worked on. Trust your teammates. Don't try to make it all about you. And go out there and have fun. This is why we play. We just don't play for money. We play because we love and we enjoy the game. And I think what those veterans would tell them is, hey, guys, it's still football. Yes. It's do your job. But there's no tomorrow. There's no, oh, I didn't do it, so maybe next week. No, you got to be on the details, be on your assignments, think through things. Just be on the details. If we do that, 
That's all we have to and do. Jim, that's, the, that's, that's why we embrace this game so much. We want to play in high-pressure moments like this. This is the difference between possibly being a champion and going home. So right. very exciting. Going home, yeah. tough. I can tell you something Peyton Manning used to always tell our guys when we were coming into these games, and it's something that he got from uh, a coach of ours, an assistant coach who coached for Chuck Noll, but the saying was pressure is what you feel when you don't know what to do. If you know what to do, you won't feel any pressure. Guys, we know what to do. We shouldn't feel pressure. Let's just go out there and play our game. That's you know, I'm listening coach. to you guys, I'm thinking the life lessons of the NFL, it's always the same. When you're at that, talking to the CEOs, they just want to hear what you just said. They want to know what pressure is because a lot of them fold. A lot of them have a couple bad quarters. They don't know what to do. They get lost. They need to sit down with you, listen to you, because you guys have really been in pressured situations. New coach, New England. Pressure situation coming in after Belichick. He's your buddy, isn't he? <laughs> that is going to be. You talking about Gerard Mayo? You bet I am. Legend. Yeah, wow. he's following a legend. But to me, it's it's his eyes should be not focused on Belichick and trying to accomplish what he did, but focused on his team and focused on how he can improve the team, how he can come and, and demand more respect within the locker room. Look, I was there when he was drafted. He is a very smart, humble young man. He works extremely hard. He has the respect of all those guys in that locker room, and he's a heck of a football coach. He's going to do well if they get him a quarterback. Okay, <laughs> He's going to do fantastic because I know that defense will be yeah. steady. Yes, it will be will a playoff defense, but we're talking offensively, and they got to do a better job of bringing some talent in it. They don't have any talent on the offensive side of the ball. They got all their receivers are basically average guys that wouldn't even play on most of these teams. Mm, you can tell this is a former Patriot yes, talking here, sure right? Is. The win. I just want both of you to speak just, just in a little time. Dynasty, where we are. This is an amazing dynasty. You guys played for dynasties. Uh, how do you keep it up? How do you keep up the intensity? Because there are some teams, it, they're just never going to get to this level. It starts at the top. You're talking about leadership, and, and you would say the same thing. Your owner your general manager, your head coach, they set the tone. And, and Kansas City's got it. Clark Hunt is great. Coach Reed is tremendous. And it all filters down from there. And in the locker room, the players don't have to worry about what's going on in the upper management. That is a stress upon us as well. And with the Patriots, it was the same thing. You knew up top that they were taking care of business, getting us good players. We had a good quarterback. We had a very good coach. Um, treating people right. Treating people right and doing the right things. And when we get to this level? It's different play, right, from the regular season. People step up. Well, some people can't handle the pressure, and that's what I love. I, I love seeing all these guys during the regular season playing outstanding, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, what happened in the postseason? And that's the difference between great players and good players being able to perform when that pressure's on you. And I would say it's not increasing your game it's, or stepping up. It's not folding in the, those moments. We used to play these guys. We lost to them a lot when I was in Indianapolis, and I told our team, they, it's not that they play, they play the same way. And we take a step back. We've got to be able to play the same way if we're going to compete with them, even though it's a, a high moment. Let's be able to play our game. National audience, Saturday night, minus five degrees. People have to feel the, the, a level of pressure. Some, not everyone is going to be able to cut it tomorrow night. There are going to be mistakes made. Oh, yeah. and you've got to be able to respond to that, overcome it and just say, you know what, we've got to forget that, go to the next play, and get it done. And, you know, you look at the Dolphins, too, with all the injuries that they face. This right. is a team that's they've been demoralized with the injuries. And when you start seeing some of your best players getting hurt, getting carried off the field, and even now they have a group of guys 
and it's questionable if they're going to play. It's hard to build that trust and the chemistry when you don't know who's going to be in the lineup. Well, gentlemen, uh, I've not put, uh, I, I'm reverential. <laughs> Let me just put it that way, okay? I mean, we have a lot of big But you're also a Phillies fan of uh, Eagles. I am a season ticket holder for 25 years, and I've you had didn't, to, You didn't sell them? No, I didn't sell them. I didn't rent them. I didn't. I didn't mortgage it. But I am so thrilled that you're here. I should be a little more restrained, but it's just, it's just a really big deal to have you guys. Thanks for having us. Oh, it's just wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. That's Rodney Harris and Coach Tony Dungy. Great honor for me, as you can tell. Shouldn't be tangling, but I am. And tune in tomorrow, starting at 3 p.m. Eastern. All the action is right here tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Chiefs and Dolphins on Peacock. Mad Money's back after the break. Edition of the lightning round on Mad Money. As we take calls, by far you same stock and my bye bye. So don't be clear on your calls or stock questions. Then we plan this out. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Daddy? Time for the lightning round. Coming to the show with Brian in South Carolina. Brian. Hi, Jim. How are you this evening? I'm doing well. How about you, Brian? Good. Thanks very much for taking my call. First time caller. And my dad, my late father, was a big fan of yours. Told me to watch the show and learn, and that's what I'm doing. And uh, uh, I have a. We miss our dads. I do. I have a quick question for you about uh, slumping Alibaba. A lot of experts are recommending it now at these values, just wondering if it's worth the risk. Well, the experts always come out. They always recommend the stock. The stock then goes up 15 points, and then we get more suckers in, they lose a lot of money. I'm not playing that game. I say no to China. Larry in Pennsylvania. Larry. Booyah, Jim. Larry from Pennsylvania here. Long-time listener. All right, Larry. How can I help? I want to ask you about right. an interesting stock I found. It's got a 9.4% dividend yield, tons of free cash flow, and an eight times forward PE. The company is Altria Group, ticker MO. Uh, thanks for everything you do, Jim, and go Bird. Life's too short to recommend a tobacco stock. Let's go to Chris in North Carolina. Chris. Jim, hope you're doing well. Calling about a firm. Thank you. It seems heavily overbought. When can we start buying puts on this? Okay, now here's the problem. The stock has a gigantic short position. Every time it goes down, the street pulls it up and more people come in and buy. The actual quarter is probably going to end up being really good. You don't get that until the second week of February. I think that it's a sucker's game to try to short this stock because it is just too loved and Max Levton is too smart. Barry in Florida. Barry. Good evening, Jim. Uh, founding member here, and uh, third time I'm calling. Actually, the second time I'm calling about this stock, uh, I told you about it before a few months ago. It's a moderate portion of my portfolio, but it's, I'm down about 30%, and I'm wondering whether it's time to go or not. Uh, the question is, what do I do about Confluent? You and I are both bummed out by Confluent. The stock is, the company's not making any money, and that last quarter was miserable. They're in the penalty box. We have to wait two quarters before we see whether that's a buy or not. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by Charles Schwab. Coming up. 
two-minute warning. Bitcoin, Kramer, and more from the home of the Kansas City Chiefs when Mad Money returns. the first exchange-traded product that represents Bitcoin. Remember, it's not an actual ETF, which would have more legal protections. What's next for crypto? Bitcoin, in particular, has seen a remarkable rebound in anticipation of this event, more than doubling from its lows a little over a year ago. In fact, it's closer to a triple. So could it be time to, let's say, ring the register, ka-ching, ka-ching, and go home? That's what I heard from Larry Williams, legendary technician and market historian, who's written over a dozen books, created a ton of proprietary technical indicators we use around here all the time. As regular viewers know, his recent track record is nothing short of spectacular. And right now, he says one thing. He says it is time to bail from Bitcoin. Yes. Get the picture? Why? Remember, Williams loves to look at the historical action in a given security or commodity and then identify cycles that seem to repeat themselves over and over and over again. And that's how he could predict that the stock market would bottom in the spring of 2020 when virtually everyone else was still terrified that COVID would shut things down for much longer. It's how he could nail the bottom in the fall of 2022. It's how he could predict that run-up after November of last year. And when you look at the daily chart of the grayscale Bitcoin trust, yes, the GBTC, Williams points out that the action here has closely followed a 270-day cycle. The price action is in black here and the cycle in red. Keep in mind, the cycle doesn't tell you a great deal about the scale of a given move. It's more about identifying the trajectory. You want to pay attention to moments when the dominant cycle switches from positive to negative or vice versa, because that's when Larry's methodology says you might want to change your mind. And with Bitcoin, the dominant 270-day cycle has suddenly turned very negative. When you zoom in on this 270-day cycle and project it out in the future, Williams finds that Bitcoin has reached this down wave of the cycle nine prior times. Nine. And on eight of those occasions, Bitcoin sold off. Eight out of nine, that makes for pretty reliable odds to me. Take a look at the last time this down wave unfolded in the spring of last year. From February through June, we got a pretty meaningful sell-off in Bitcoin until the cycle turned positive again. Then... The previous time it kicked in was from July of 2022 through October. Again, for two months, Bitcoin sold off hard. In short, when the cycle turns against you like this, you need to ring the register. It's too hard to ride out. Doesn't mean the dominant cycle is always right, but it's always worth paying attention. Of course, Larry says that's only a part of the story, a small part, uh, because he also sees fundamental reasons for a Bitcoin breakdown. Boy, he's got a lot of reasons here. Let me give them to you. Check out this model that represents the relationship between the price of gold and the price of Bitcoin. Larry's thesis here is that at times when Bitcoin becomes overvalued relative to gold, Bitcoin tends to crumble. You can see that while Bitcoin's had a big run, it's also gotten much more expensive versus gold. Sell, sell, sell. I think this is an important point and an inflection point. Cryptocurrencies and gold don't have complete overlap, but there are a lot of people out there who don't trust fiat currency and want to put their money in something else. I feel gold is a much better alternative. But for years, crypto boosters have made the same argument as gold bugs. So you have to believe they're drawing on the same pool of investors who think alike. Now, take a look at the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust weekly chart with the volume down on the bottom. On the, on the bottom. We've seen a rally on high levels of volume, which most technicians would tell you is a good thing. But for Williams, high volume is a sign of excessive speculation, and it's usually followed by similarly strong sell-offs. Just take a look at the history of Bitcoin. It pops out like the red nose on a clown. 
As he sees it, high volume means high levels of public participation. And in this view, the public is usually wrong. People tend to buy at the top when they should have been buying during periods of lower prices and lower volumes. One last chart. When you look at Bitcoin versus Larry's accumulation distribution index, yeah, the AD line, which shows whether professionals are buying or selling at scale, lately, Bitcoin's roared. But the accumulation distribution index actually made a lower high. According to Williams, that's a sign the professionals are selling into strength, and he thinks you should join them. He's expecting a little bit of weakness, followed by a bounce back, for the true decline begins in earnest. Put it all together, and to me, all these charts say one thing, and that thing is a top. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise to try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you on NBC and Peacock tomorrow for Football Night in America and next week for our regularly scheduled Mad Money program. All opinions expressed by Jim Cramer on this podcast are solely Cramer's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by Cramer on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Jim Cramer as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. Cramer's opinions are based upon information he considers reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warn its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Mad Money Disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash disclaimer. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve with the help of T-Mobile for Business. Our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. 